0: I'm Ted O'Connell, one of the authors of Crush Step 1, The Ultimate USMLE Step 1 Review, along with my co-authors Ryan Pedigo and Thomas Blair. I am also the Chief Content Officer for Inside the Boards. This is the Crush Step 1 podcast based on the second edition of our best-selling book. The goal is to provide you high-yield and high-quality audio content of the book to help you study on the go and reclaim some of the time in your day.
1: This is Nick Nissen, narrating part two of the Hematology Oncology chapter. Platelet and Coagulation Tests The Ristocetin cofactor assay helps evaluate the function of von Wildebrand factor by promoting platelet agglutination. Platelet agglutination caused by Ristocetin, an obsolete antibiotic, can only occur in the presence of functionally normal von Willebrand multimers. Bleeding time, or BT, is used to evaluate the function of platelets. Normal bleeding time is from 2 to 7 minutes. Following are causes of prolonged BT, or bleeding time. Aspirin irreversibly inhibits the platelet cyclooxygenase, or COX enzyme, thereby halting production of thromboxane A2. Platelet count will remain normal in these patients. Thrombocytopenia will result in abnormal BT because of the decreased number of platelets in the circulation. An increase in bleeding time will be seen when the platelet count falls below 90,000 per millimeter cubed. Von Willebrand disease is an autosomal dominant disorder in which individuals lack von Willebrand factor or have defective von Willebrand factor proteins. Patients will also have a decrease in factor VIII. Remember that von Willebrand factor complexes with factor VIII to prevent its degradation, resulting in a combined platelet and coagulation factor disorder. Bleeding time and partial thromboplastin time, or PTT, will be increased. Patients will also have a correctable abnormal ristocetin cofactor assay result. The ristocetin test result will normalize after the addition of normal plasma, which contains normal Willebrand factor. Bernard-Soulier syndrome results when platelets lack the glycoprotein 1B receptor on their cell surface. The glycoprotein 1B receptor helps bind the platelet to expose collagen using von Willebrand factor as an intermediate. The lack of the receptor results in inappropriate platelet adhesion. This disease is characterized by prolonged bleeding time, thrombocytopenia, because of decreased platelet survival and increased megakaryocytes. These patients will have an abnormal russicetin cofactor assay result that is not correctable by the addition of normal plasma. The issue is not with von Willebrand factor, but with abnormal circulating platelets. Glanzmann disease is an autosomal recessive disorder in which platelets lack the glycoprotein 2B3A receptor on their cell surface. This receptor binds fibrinogen and promotes interplatelet aggregation. Bleeding time is significantly prolonged. Think of this as a so-called congenital abscissimab syndrome. Uremia, or renal failure, results in the accumulation of toxic products in the blood that leads to inhibition of platelet phospholipids, thereby producing a platelet aggregation defect. Bleeding time prolongation can be reversed with dialysis and desmopressin acetate. The clinically important coagulation tests include PTT and prothrombin time, or PT. PTT is used to assess the function of the intrinsic pathway and to follow heparin therapy. Remember that PTT has the extra T inside it and measures the intrinsic pathway. A normal PTT ranges from 25 to 40 seconds. PTT mainly helps evaluate function of factors 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. PT is used to assess the function of the extrinsic pathway and to follow warfarin therapy. A normal PT ranges from 11 to 15 seconds. This mainly helps evaluate factor 7 function. The International Normalized Ratio, or INR, is a test that standardizes the PT across different laboratories and allows for its use in following warfarin therapy. Remember the difference between these two with HPIT and WPET. HPIT signifies heparin therapy is followed by PTT, in the intrinsic pathway. WPET stands for warfarin therapy, which is followed by the PT, which is the extrinsic pathway. Anticoagulant system. The coagulation cascade is regulated by two anticoagulant systems that help regulate by inhibiting clot formation. These systems are the protein C and protein S systems and the antithrombin, or serine protease inhibitor system. Protein C is a vitamin K-dependent protein that, when activated, will inactivate factors 5A and 8A, thereby decreasing production of thrombin. Protein C is activated by thrombomodulin, which is just thrombin bound to an endothelial cell membrane. Protein S is a vitamin K dependent protein that works as a cofactor for activated protein C, or APC, and helps direct antigen presenting cells to the required site of action. Antithrombin 3, or AT3, is a serine protease inhibitor. Therefore, it inhibits all activated serine proteases. Basically, it inhibits all coagulation proteins. It inhibits factors 2A, 7A, 9A, 10A, 11A, and 12A, and calicrane. It has a main anticoagulant effect, which comes from its inhibiting factors 2A and 10A. And heparin binds antithrombin 3 and greatly increases its anticoagulant activity by 1,000-fold against factor 2A. Fibrinolytic systems and tests. Factors that prevent formation of a thrombus or fibrin clot in vessels include the following. Prostaglandin I2, also known as prostacyclin, functions as a vasodilator and inhibitor of platelet aggregation. This prostaglandin is constitutionally produced by intact endothelial cells to prevent thrombus formation in vessels. Heparin-like molecules act to enhance antithrombin-3 activity, thereby inhibiting the function of factors 2, 9, 10, 11, and 12. TPA is an enzyme that helps activate plasminogen to plasmin Plasmin works by degrading coagulation factors and fibrin clots. Proteins C and S are vitamin K-dependent factors that work to deactivate coagulation factors 5 and 8. The fibrinolytic system, which degrades clots, is initiated by various activators, and all work by converting plasminogen to its active form, plasmin. Plasmin cleaves the fibrin meshwork created by the coagulation cascade and creates FDPs and D dimers. D dimers are a type of FDP, so called, because it contains two cross linked D fragments of fibrinogen. Plasmin also degrades coagulation factors 1, 5, and 8. Activators of plasminogen include TPA, Hagman factor, or factor 12A, urokinase, and streptokinase. An important inhibitor of plasminogen activation is aminokeproic acids, used clinically to stop excessive postoperative bleeding or overdoses of TPA and streptokinase. Pathology Anemia Anemia is defined as a deficiency in the number of RBCs. Or a below normal level of hemoglobin in the blood. The ability of hemoglobin to bind oxygen by a deformity in the molecule or a decrease in its amount plays a role in the development of anemia and results in decreased O2 content in the blood. General signs and symptoms of anemia include fatigue, weakness, pallor, malaise, shortness of breath, presyncope, or syncope. The anemias are primarily classified by the red cell size via the mean corpuscular volume, or MCV, and mechanism, e.g. hemorrhage, decreased production, increased destruction. Anemia is a sign of an underlying disease rather than a specific diagnosis. See figure 11.6 for common causes of anemia and their underlying defect. To initiate appropriate treatment, one must always search for the underlying disease that led to the development of anemia. The Complete Blood Count, or CBC, and Peripheral Blood Smear, or PBS, are important in characterizing the disease processes that lead to anemia. Laboratory Testing in Anemia The CBC report includes hemoglobin, hematocrit, MCV, RBC count, red blood cell distribution width, or RDW, mean corpuscular hemoglobin concentration, or MCHC, and mean corpuscular hemoglobin, or MCH. Some reports will also include the reticulocyte count. Hemoglobin is the most accurate value to screen for and monitor anemia as a direct measure of the concentration of hemoglobin in the blood. Figure 11.6 demonstrates common causes of anemia and underlying defects. Hematocrit is a calculated percentage value that represents the volume of RBCs in the blood relative to the whole blood. MCV directly measures the average RBC volume and is obtained by dividing the hematocrit by the RBC count. It is used to classify anemia. The normal range is 80 to 100, referred to as normocytic. Values lower than normal are referred to as microcytic or small cell. Those higher than normal are macrocytic or large cell. RBC count is a direct measure of RBCs in the blood, in RBCs per microliter of blood. The RBC mass refers to the total number of RBCs in the body. RDW is a measure of the variation and width of RBCs. Usually, RBCs are a uniform width. However, certain disorders can cause a significant variation in cell size. An elevated RDW is referred to as anisocytosis. RDW is most helpful when it's increased. MCHC is a calculated value determined by dividing the hemoglobin by the hematocrit. It provides the average concentration of hemoglobin in RBCs, and elevated MCHC on step one usually is a clue for hereditary spherocytosis. It may be increased in diseases that result in membrane loss or cellular dehydration. It is decreased in all microcytic anemias. MCH is a calculated value determined by dividing the hemoglobin by the RBC count. It correlates linearly with the MCV and has little clinical usefulness. The reticulocyte count helps evaluate the bone marrow's response to anemia. It is a valuable test result that helps to determine quickly if anemia is caused by decreased RBC production or decreased survival of RBCs, e.g., hemorrhage or hemolysis. This value is reported as a percentage, with a normal value being lower than 3% when no anemia is present. An appropriate bone marrow response to anemia would result in a corrected reticulocyte count greater than 3%. If the bone marrow is not responding appropriately, i.e. marrow failure, the corrected reticulocyte count will be less than 3%. The value can be incorrectly elevated in anemia. As a result, you must be able to calculate the corrected reticulocyte count. Corrected reticulocyte count equals the measured hematocrit divided by 45 times the reticulocyte count. Polychromasia refers to RBCs in multiple colors caused by differing amounts of hemoglobin. If present, you must divide the corrected reticulocyte count by 2 to get an accurate value. Only do this extra correction if polychromasia is present. Hemoglobin electrophoresis measures the different types of hemoglobin in the blood and is used in the evaluation of hemoglobinopathies and disorders of hemoglobin structure or synthesis. Using gel or electrophoresis, it separates the different types of hemoglobin based on charge. Hemoglobin migrates from the negative cathode to the positive anode. Figure 11.7 demonstrates polychromasia, a reticulocyte with the characteristic blue discoloration and absence of central pallor is shown in the beginning. When present, reticulocyte count must be divided by 2. The hemoglobin mutations that lead to the development of various hemoglobinopathies result in a net change in protein charge that is then measured by electrophoresis. There are several types of hemoglobin. Hemoglobin A consists of two alpha and two beta globin chains. Normally ninety-seven percent of hemoglobin in adults. Hemoglobin A2 consists of two alpha and two delta globin chains, normally two percent of hemoglobin in adults. And hemoglobin F consists of two alpha and two gamma globin chains, normally one percent of hemoglobin in adults. Fetal hemoglobin. Hemoglobin F has an increased affinity for oxygen and a decreased affinity for two, three bisphosphoglyceric acid, 2,3-BPG, facilitating oxygen extraction by fetus from maternal hemoglobin. Hemoglobin S is a form of hemoglobin found in people with sickle cell disease. Hemoglobin H is consisting of four beta-globin chains. This is seen in alpha thalassemia major, where there are three alpha gene deletions. Hemoglobin BART, has four gamma globin chains. There are four alpha gene deletions. This is incompatible with life and results in fetal edema and wasting, or hydrops fatalis. Hemoglobin C has abnormal hemoglobin similar to hemoglobin S, but with a different point mutation leading to the substitution of lysine for glutamic acid at position 6 on the beta globin gene. Haptoglobin is a blood plasma protein that binds free hemoglobin released by RBCs during intravascular hemolysis. It is used to screen for and monitor intravascular hemolytic anemia. Haptoglobin levels drop in intravascular hemolysis. Levels of haptoglobin will be normal in extravascular hemolysis because the hemoglobin released by the destruction of RBCs in the spleen or reticular endothelial system is not exposed to the circulation and cannot bind haptoglobin. On step one, note that a microcytic anemia with an increased RDW refers to iron deficiency anemia. Approach to anemia. 1. Determine whether the patient is anemic by looking at the hemoglobin. 2. Classify the anemia as microcytic, normocytic, or macrocytic, by looking at the MCV. 3. Determine whether the bone marrow is compensating appropriately by looking at the reticulocyte count, and use correction formulas if necessary. Microcytic anemias. Microcytic anemias have an MCV under 80 and are usually a result of a disorder in the synthesis of hemoglobin. They're further subdivided into those that are acquired and those that are inherited. Acquired microcytic anemias primarily include iron deficiency anemia, or IDA, anemia of chronic disease, or ACD, and sideroblastic anemia, which is acquired. Inherited microcytic anemias primarily include thalassemia, alpha or beta, and X-linked inherited sideroblastic anemia. Acquired microcytic anemias, iron metabolism and iron deficiency anemias. Iron is an essential component for the production of the heme in hemoglobin. Ferritin, an iron binding protein, is the major storage form of iron. The primary site of storage is in bone marrow macrophages. Circulating serum levels of ferritin correlate with body stores of iron. Therefore, a decreased serum ferritin level is diagnostic of IDA. Increased levels of ferritin are seen in iron overload disease or hemochromatosis and ACD Hemosiderin is the insoluble degradation product of ferritin. Or increased deposits of hemosiderin are seen in iron overload diseases. Figure 11.8 demonstrates extravascular hemolysis and part B demonstrates intravascular hemolysis. Figure 11.9 demonstrates an approach to the patient with anemia Transferrin is an iron-binding protein synthesized in the liver that carries iron in the blood and is measured when looking at blood iron levels. Transferrin has the capacity to bind up to 300 micrograms per deciliter of iron. This value is known as a total iron-binding capacity, or TIBC. Normally, only 33% of transferrin is saturated, referred to as Iron saturation percentage. Transferrin synthesis is largely related to ferritin stores in macrophages. When ferritin stores are decreased, the liver synthesizes more transferrin. Conversely, when ferritin stores are high, the liver decreases the production of transferrin. The levels of transferrin and, as a result, TIBC change depending on several factors. One, Increases in TIBC are seen in iron deficiency, pregnancy, and those on estrogen therapy. Decreases in TIBC are seen in inflammation, malignancy, liver disease, and nephrotic syndrome. Liver disease and nephrotic syndrome result in decreased protein production and loss of protein in urine, respectively. Ferroportin is a transmembrane protein that serves as the major regulator of iron transport into and out of a cell. This transport protein is inhibited by hepcidin, leading to retention of iron inside cells. Note that transferrin synthesis is inversely related to ferritin stores in macrophages. The average American absorbs 1 to 2 milligrams of iron per day through the duodenum into the plasma, where it's bound to transferrin. There are two forms of iron that can be absorbed, heme and non-heme iron. Meat contains iron in heme or reduced form, ferrous Fe2+, and is directly reabsorbed into the duodenum. Plants contain iron in non-heme or oxidized form, ferric or Fe3+, and cannot be directly absorbed in the duodenum without first being reduced to Fe2. Gastric acid plays an important role in releasing the iron from heme and non heme products. Therefore, the absence of stomach acid or a decreases the amount of iron available for reabsorption. Vitamin C, ascorbic acid, is also important in iron reabsorption because it acts to reduce non absorbable Fe3 to absorbable Fe2. Note, a decreased serum ferritin level is diagnostic of IDA, or iron deficiency anemia. Iron deficiency anemia, IDA, is the most common anemia and can arise from increased iron requirements or inadequate iron supply. Certain physiologic states can increase iron requirements, such as growth, pregnancy, or lactation. Other pathologic states can increase iron requirements, mainly those involving blood loss. Eg, gastritis, menorrhagia, peptic ulcer disease, mechal diverticulum, colon cancer, or other malignancy. IDA in an adult is caused by blood loss until proven otherwise. Think of colon cancer in an older person with symptoms of anemia and positive hemocult test result. An inadequate iron supply can result from decreased intake of iron in diet or decreased absorption, eg, celiac sprue or post gastric surgery. Clinical signs of IDA include the following: pallor, fatigue, shortness of breath, glossitis or inflammation of the tongue, koilonychia or concave or spoon-shaped nails, and pica, obsessive craving for non-nutritional materials, e.g., ice or dirt. Laboratory evaluation of IDA includes the following: the earliest sign on CBC is an increased RDW because bone marrow will begin to produce small and pale RBCs. Ultimately, the MCV drops as more microcytic and hypochromic RBCs and fewer normal-sized RBCs are produced. Hemoglobin, hematocrit, and MCV are decreased, and the serum iron and ferritin levels will be decreased, reflecting the depletion of iron stores. Iron saturation will be decreased because less iron is available to bind transferrin and TIBC will be increased because the liver creates more transferrin to help bind any remaining available iron. Treatment for iron deficiency anemia includes the following. The treatment of the underlying cause, oral iron supplementation, and supplementation with vitamin C, which helps convert non-absorbable Fe3 plus to absorbable Fe2 plus. Note plummer vinson syndrome. This is the triad of dysphagia, esophageal webs, glossitis and IDA, most common in postmenopausal women. Figure 11.10 shows the signs of iron deficiency anemia with figure A being koilonychia or the curving of fingernails and B being microcytic hypochromic RBCs. Anemia of chronic disease. ACD is the most common anemia in hospitalized patients. Chronic illness leads to continued release of inflammatory cytokines. These inflammatory cytokines, mainly interleukin-6 or IL-6, signal the liver to increase hepcidin production, thereby resulting in increased iron retention by cells. One hypothesis for this physiologic response in the short term is that inflammation acts to help keep iron away from bacterial pathogens in the body depressing the ability of these pathogens to survive. However, if the inflammation response is prolonged, it results in inadequate levels of iron reaching the bone marrow, leading to decreased production of RBCs. The body cannot distinguish inflammation from infectious versus non-infectious causes, so it responds the same way to both. Although there are other mechanisms that also contribute to the development of anemia during inflammation, This hypothesis acts as an aid to remember the mechanism of anemia in ACD. Common causes of ACD include the following. Long-term infectious diseases are osteomyelitis, bacterial endocarditis, and tuberculosis. Chronic non-infectious inflammatory diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, somatic lupus, erythematosis, SLE, or ulcerative colitis, and Crohn's disease and neoplasms like Hodgkin disease, lymphoma, and lung and breast carcinoma. Clinical signs include pallor and fatigue, coupled with signs of chronic disease listed earlier. Laboratory evaluation will demonstrate decreased hemoglobin, rarely less than 9 grams per deciliter, hematocrit, and MCV. Increased ferritin because iron is being stored inside cells not released into the circulation, also, ferritin is an acute phase reactant, proteins in plasma that increase or decrease in response to the inflammatory stimuli. Decreased serum iron because iron is being stored inside cells. Because stores of iron are high in ACD, the liver is not induced to produce transferrin. This results in a low or normal TIBC. So, note that in ACD, or anemia of chronic disease, there's increased ferritin, decreased iron, and decreased TIBC. The treatment is treating the underlying condition that should result in the resolving of the anemia. Administration of erythropoietin may help increase hemoglobin levels in some cases. Heme synthesis and acquired sideroblastic anemia. Citeroblastic anemia results from an inability to form heme molecules in the mitochondria. The acquired causes of sideroblastic anemia disrupt different steps in heme synthesis leading to iron deposition inside the mitochondria forming a ringed sideroblast. Heme synthesis mainly occurs in the liver and bone marrow. It is initiated by the synthesis of delta-aminolivulinic acid or delta ALA from glycine and succinyl-CoA obtained from the Krebs cycle inside the mitochondria. This initial step is the rate-limiting step of heme synthesis and requires the enzyme delta-ALA synthase and its cofactor vitamin B6, meaning that all the remaining steps in the pathway depend on the proper functioning of this initial step. This initial step is regulated by intracellular iron levels and by the concentration of the end product of the whole pathway, heme. Glucose also inhibits a step. Delta-ALA is converted to porphobilinogen by delta-ALA dehydratase and is transported out of the mitochondria and into the cytoplasm. In the cytoplasm, porphobilinogen is worked on by the enzyme porphobilinogen deaminase, the defective enzyme in acute intermittent porphyria to produce hydroxymethylbilane. Hydroxymethylbilane is then converted to uroporphyrinogen 3, and this product is transported back into the mitochondria. Uroporphyrinogen 3 is enzymatically changed to copoporphyrinogen 3 by uroporphyrinogen decarboxylase, the defective enzyme in porphyria cutanea tarda. After a few more enzymatic steps, protoporphyrin is produced inside the mitochondria. The final step involves incorporating iron, or Fe2+, into protoporphyrin via ferrochelatase to produce heme. Figure 11.11 demonstrates the mitochondrial pathway for heme synthesis. In attacks of porphyria, patients are sometimes treated with heme arginate, or hematin to inhibit ALA synthase, halting the production of heme and thereby preventing the buildup of toxic intermediates. Enzyme deficiencies in the early steps of porphyrin synthesis cause neurologic abnormalities without photosensitivity, like acute intermittent porphyria. Dearrangements in the later steps of heme synthesis after condensation of porphyribilinogen, or PBG, cause photosensitivity in porphyria cutanea tarda. Causes of sideroblastic anemia include chronic alcoholism, as the most common cause of acquired or secondary sideroblastic anemia. Alcohol damages the mitochondria which are required for the synthesis of heme. Vitamin B6 or pyridoxine deficiency can lead to sideroblastic anemia. Delta ALA synthase requires vitamin B6 as a cofactor to function properly. Deficiency in this vitamin is often seen in patients taking isoniazid or INH for the treatment of tuberculosis without pyridoxine supplementation. INH binds to pyridoxine, making it unavailable for absorption by the body. Treat with pyridoxine supplementation. Lead poisoning is the most common cause of acquired sideroblastic anemia in children under five years old. Lead inhibits two key enzymes in the heme synthesis pathway, ferrochelatase and delta-ALA dehydratase. ferrochelatase, is the last enzyme in the heme synthesis pathway. It helps incorporate iron into protoporphyrin to form heme because it is inhibited by lead, iron, and protoporphyrin buildup in cells. Delta-ALA dehydratase converts delta-ALA to porphobilinogen, one of the early steps of porphyrin synthesis. Porphyrins are the intermediates produced during heme synthesis. Once iron is incorporated into porphyrins, heme is created. Because it is inhibited by lead, delta-ALA builds up in cells. So, to summarize, the causes of sideroblastic anemia include chronic alcoholism, which is most common, followed by pyridoxine and lead poisoning. The clinical signs specific to lead poisoning. Include that poisoning is usually associated with abdominal, neuromuscular, and neurologic symptoms. Abdominal problems include abdominal pain, diarrhea, anorexia, and weight loss. Neuromuscular symptoms include peripheral neuropathies, perineal nerve palsies, or foot drop, and radial nerve palsy, or wrist drop. Delta ALA and neurotoxin builds up causing neurologic symptoms, headaches, encephalopathy, learning disabilities, and mental retardation in children. Lead lines may be seen in the gingivae. Figure number 11.12 demonstrates basophilic stippling on a peripheral smear of a patient with lead poisoning. The laboratory evaluation specific to lead poisoning demonstrate increased levels of lead, which will be found in the urine and whole blood. Abdominal radiographs may show lead chips or white opacities in the intestinal tract. Plain film radiographs of the epiphyses will show lead deposits or white opacities. And basophilic stippling is seen on the peripheral smear of patients with lead poisoning. The lead denatures the ribonuclease, the enzyme that degrades ribosomes, allowing ribosomes to remain intact inside RBCs. A treatment specific to lead poisoning. The treatment is chelation with succimer, demercoprol, or ethylene tetracetic acid, or EDTA. The laboratory evaluation of sideroblastic anemia includes bone marrow aspirate, which will show ringed sideroblasts, hemoglobin, hematocrit, and MCV, which will all be decreased, delta ALA and protoporphyrin are increased serum iron and ferritin are increased and TIBC is decreased because of high levels of ferritin and iron. Inherited microcytic anemias. Thalassemias. Thalassemias are a group of autosomal recessive hereditary disorders that arise from a quantitative defect in the production of hemoglobin, a decreased production of normal globin proteins. They are characterized by an imbalance in globin chain production caused by mutations in the alpha or beta globin genes. The production of alpha and beta globin chains is a highly regulated pathway that aims to produce equal amounts of both chains. Mutations that lead to a partial or complete inactivation of globin chain synthesis lead to an imbalance of the ratio of alpha and beta globin chain production inside RBCs. When the production of one group of globin chains is decreased, the production of another group is increased. The net production of functional hemoglobin is reduced in thalassemia, but RBC production is usually normal. As a result, people with thalassemia develop a microcytosis with increased RBC count. The higher number of RBCs compensate for a decrease in the total functional hemoglobin concentration per RBC. Alpha thalassemia. Alpha thalassemia is more prevalent in South Asian and West African populations four genes, two on each copy of chromosome 16, determine the production of alpha globin. Because the production of alpha globin chains is regulated by four genes, individuals with one alpha gene deletion are silent carriers and have no anemia. Alpha thalassemia trait results from the deletion of two of the four genes and produces mild anemia. This creates a decrease in alpha globin and an increase in beta globin in adults or gamma globin in newborns. This condition exists in two forms. The cis deletion of both alpha genes on the same chromosome is associated with South Asian populations. They are at increased risk of having offspring with more severe forms of alpha thalassemia. The trans deletion of one alpha gene in each copy of chromosome 16 is associated with West African populations. Alpha thalassemia, to summarize, has normal iron studies, normal RDW. An increased RBC count and normal hemoglobin electrophoresis. Figure 11.13 demonstrates a summary of the thalassemias. Laboratory findings in alpha thalassemia trait include a decreased hemoglobin, hematocrit, and MCV, normal iron studies, normal RDW, which differentiates it from IDA, and increased RBC count, and additionally, a normal hemoglobin electrophoresis. Because all the hemoglobin types in the blood require alpha-globin chains, in alpha-thalassemia trait, you will see an equal decrease in the amount of all the hemoglobin produced, but no change in the proportions of each type of hemoglobin, i.e. the percentage of each hemoglobin produced stays constant. Treatment for alpha-thalassemia trait. There's actually no treatment. This disease is often mistakenly diagnosed for IDA and patients are given iron supplementation. Do not treat with iron because it can cause iron overload. Alpha-thalassemia major is a severe form of alpha-thalassemia that occurs from the deletion of three or four of the four alpha-globin genes. Anemia can be much worse and much more severe than the alpha-thalassemia trait. Deletion of three alpha-globin genes results in an excess of free beta-globin proteins. These beta-globin chains tetramerize, creating HBH. These beta-tetramers are initially soluble during the production of RBCs in the bone marrow, allowing for proper maturation of RBCs, unlike alpha-tetramers, which precipitate in RBC precursors. Therefore, alpha-thalassemia is not a disorder of ineffective erythropoiesis, However, with time, the beta tetramers precipitate and form Heinz bodies inside the mature RBC. These RBCs and Heinz bodies are destroyed in the spleen, leading to severe hemolytic anemia. As a result, splenectomy can be an effective treatment for patients with severe HBH disease. Figure 11.14 demonstrates the ringed sideroblasts in the bone marrow aspirate of a patient with sideroblastic anemia. Remember, Four alpha globin genes incompatible with life form the hemoglobin Bart. Deletion of four alpha globin genes is incompatible with life and results in the formation of hemoglobin Bart. This disorder is associated with intrauterine fetal death and fetal edema and has potentially fatal complications for the mother if undetected. Beta thalassemia. Beta thalassemia is more prevalent in Mediterranean populations. Two genes, one on each copy of chromosome 11, determine the production of beta-globin chains. The severity of this disorder depends on the nature of the mutation. All mutations result in decreased or absent production of beta-globin chains, leading to an imbalance in the ratio of alpha and beta-globin production. As a result of the imbalance, there is a decrease or cessation in the production of hemoglobin A. Requires no beta globin chains and increased aggregation of alpha globin chains inside the RBC. In the absence of beta globin partner, alpha globin chains will tetramerize and precipitate inside RBC precursors while still in the bone marrow, not allowing RBC maturation. This creates a state of ineffective erythropoiesis and explains why beta thalassemia is a transfusion-dependent anemia. The body does not produce enough mature RBCs. Beta-thalassemia trait is a milder form of beta-thalassemia in which only one gene, a heterozygote, is defective, resulting in mild microcytic anemia. Prevalence is high in the Mediterranean population because of protective effects against plasmodium falciparum malaria. Laboratory findings in beta-thalassemia trait include decreased hemoglobin, and MCV, normal iron studies, normal RDW, which differentiates it from IDA, and an increased RBC count. Hemoglobin electrophoresis demonstrates mildly decreased hemoglobin A levels, mildly increased hemoglobin A2 levels, and mildly increased hemoglobin F levels. So to recap, beta-thalassemia has normal iron, normal RDW, increased RBCs, abnormal hemoglobin electrophoresis. The treatment is that this is not usually actively treated given its mild symptoms. Monitor frequently for iron overload caused by an increase in intestinal iron absorption seen in all forms of beta-thalassemias. Do not treat with iron. Beta-thalassemia major, also known as Cooley anemia, results from mutations in both beta-globin genes. RBCs will have increased amounts of alpha-globin chains leading to the tetramerization of alpha chains precipitation of tetramers, and destruction of some of the RBC precursors in the bone marrow or ineffective orthopoiesis. Because bone marrow production of RBCs is decreased, signs of extramedullary hematopoiesis will be seen. RBCs that make it into the circulation are severely distorted in shape and are removed by macrophages in the spleen, leading to severe hemolytic anemia. Patients will require lifelong transfusions. The laboratory and physical examination findings in beta-thalassemia major include hemoglobin, hematocrit, and MCV that are all decreased. RDW and reticulocytes are all increased. Patients are at risk of hemoceridosis or iron overload from constant transfusions. Patients will have high levels of unconjugated bilirubin and show signs of jaundice from hemolysis. Hemoglobin electrophoresis will indicate the following an absence of hemoglobin A production, significant increase in hemoglobin F levels, an increase in hemoglobin A2 levels. Also, splenomegaly will be present, and radiographs may show a crew-cut appearance of the skull. You may also see skeletal deformities caused by extramedullary hematopoiesis. Figure 11.15 demonstrates sickled cells and target cells of sickle cell disease. Note that the treatment for beta thalassemia is chronic blood transfusions, iron chelation treatment to prevent iron overload, and splenectomy in patients with splenomegaly. Bone marrow transplantation is the only cure. It is indicated only in patients with severe disease. X-linked sideroblastic anemia. This is an inherited sideroblastic anemia and is X-linked recessive and results in a disruption of heme synthesis similar to that seen in acquired sideroblastic anemia. It results from a defect in the delta ALA synthase gene producing a defective enzyme. Laboratory findings will be similar to those seen in acquired sideroblastic anemia. This disorder is treated with pyridoxine or vitamin B6 and in severe anemia may require support with blood
0: transfusions. With that, we wrap up today's episode of the Crush Step 1 podcast. A big thank you to Elsevier Incorporated, the publishing company behind Crush Step One, as well as all of my other books for allowing us to put out this book in podcast format. Thank you for joining us and please check out our other chapters.